The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masrowski. Outside, currently a little chilly um, to start your day, maybe, uh, but not, not as much as the past couple of mornings. I was going to say, not like yesterday. <laughs> uh, 56 degrees in Buffalo. Some Western New York counties acting in fear that the migrant crisis at the southern border could compound an already existing homeless problem. Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. Niagara, Orleans, and Genesee counties have issued states of emergency anticipating an influx of asylum seekers arriving in New York City and being bused to locations around New York State. Genesee County Manager Matt Lander says his county is stretched to the limit with the current homeless population. It is not shutting the doors to Genesee County. I don't want people to think that we're uncaring and unwelcoming community. We are not. We, we are definitely one that is a, a, a welcoming uh, county here, but uh, we want to have the ability to understand who is coming. That's the same issue in Niagara County, says Sheriff Michael Filicetti. Our housing, uh, I can tell you, and speaking with Department of Social Services, uh, trying to find lodging for homeless people that are currently in Niagara County is a challenge. Um, that would This would only uh, make that problem a lot worse uh, to bring in any number of uh, immigrants here uh, would definitely put a strain on the system that I, I don't think that we could we could manage that. He says the county could end up in crisis mode. And in Orleans County, that's the same issue, says Chief Administrative Officer Jack Welch. Welch says he's had contact with the Hochul administration. They've looked at SUNY Oswego, and they've looked at uh, Geneseo SUNY, uh, but they, they have no uh, intentions at this time of utilizing uh, Orleans County, and they understand that we just don't have... We, what do we have? Vacant land and barns. That's it, and that's that's not acceptable. Hear more online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you, and uh, much more still to come throughout the morning here on WBEN. Some changes coming to school start times in Buffalo next year. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. While the new three-bell system approved by the Buffalo School Board on Wednesday may take some time to get adjusted to for next school year, parent reps for the Buffalo Public School District feel this is the right decision to benefit students across the district. The fact that now we can have after-school programs for all children, children get, get picked up every day on time, they can have a full instructional day, they can have modified sports, they can go on field trips. Those are things every other child in Western Europe already has. Now with a three-bell schedule, the children of Buffalo Public Schools can have those things as well. That's Sam Radford, co-chair of We the Parents. While the new school bell system next year may conflict with some parents that have students of differing school ages, Radford believes it is definitely a workable solution. Truthfully, if our commitment is to children, it was the only real option available. That's why, you know, through the Buffalo Education Equity Task Force and Urban Think Tank worked so hard all year to make this happen because there was no way our children were going to receive anything remotely close to equity if we did not go to a three-bell schedule. Can the three-bell system set to be implemented next school year be a long-term solution for the Buffalo Public School District? Ed Spidell, president of the District Parent Coordinating Council, is also in support of the three-bell system for Buffalo Public Schools. However... I'm hoping it's a short-term solution, uh, multiple year, but short-term. I'm hoping we can hire enough drivers to bring the time, you know, closer to 8 o'clock and 8.30 so people are happy. More reaction from parent reps to the three-bell system for Buffalo Public Schools is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. The election to find a successor to outgoing Buffalo Teachers Federation President Phil Rumor is not over yet. The union said a three-way election is now headed to a runoff between Rich Nigro and Mark Bruno. Online voting begins June 1st.
through June 5th. An Airbnb could cost more in Erie County with a new proposed tax, a bed tax that already exists for hotels would apply to people who use Airbnb and other similar platforms. The proposal was introduced in front of the county legislature yesterday. Most of the revenue generated from the tax would go to visit Buffalo Niagara to increase their advertising budget. An escalating debt showdown on Capitol Hill. The Republican House Freedom Caucus now wants debt ceiling talks suspended until the Senate passes the GOP-passed House Debt Ceiling Bill. That legislation calls for nearly $5 trillion in spending cuts before raising the debt ceiling. In the Senate, some in the president's own party are pressuring him to invoke the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling without congressional approval. Justin Finch reporting. All right, uh, we'll be following the story, see if there's any developments throughout the day. Hyundai and Kia agreeing to a $200 million settlement in a class action lawsuit with customers over thefts involving its vehicles due to security loopholes. The settlement will cover some 9 million Hyundai and Kia vehicles made between 2011 and 2022 that lack anti-theft controls. That after a surge in thefts nationwide. Videos dubbed the Kia Challenge went viral, showing how thieves quickly bypassed ignition systems with everyday tools to start the vehicles and drive off. The automakers agreed to reimburse customers who had their vehicles stolen, along with covering damages not paid. Paid by insurance companies, Hyundai and Kia also agreeing to pay for anti-theft devices like steering wheel locks and alarm kits and software upgrades. Michelle Franzen, ABC News. A huge victory for tech giants at the Supreme Court. But there are some unanswered questions. The U.S. Supreme Court unanimously sided with Google, Facebook and Twitter in a pair of cases brought by families of Americans who were killed in terrorist attacks overseas. Families alleged the tech companies were indirectly complicit in the attacks by not removing extremist content on their platforms. But the justices weren't convinced the companies directly led to the attacks. The justices not answering the question of whether tech giants should get blanket immunity. That's Andrea Fujii reporting. Okay, a uh, lot of interest, obviously, uh, around here when it comes to that decision in the Supreme Court yesterday. Artificial intelligence, we'll be uh, hearing a little bit more about that. Chat GPT could be coming to your iPhone. Um, think about that. Android still to come. More on that coming up at the bottom of the hour at 5.30. The Panthers last night. I don't blame it if you tapped out on this. Beat the Hurricanes 3-2. to two. Four overtimes, almost in its entirety. Sam Bennett keeps it in out front. Kachuk, a shot. He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! The Panthers take game one! I mean, that almost went to five. It was yes, like right seconds at the away. tail end of the fourth overtime, but a 3-2 win for the Panthers. One of the longest games in NHL history. Game one of the Eastern Conference final. Panthers up on the Hurricanes, one game to nothing. Uh, it's got to be demoralizing for Carolina. Oh, yes. You play over two complete games, you come away with a loss, and then to try and kind of regroup. Right. 
and for it's the next you know one. early the next morning when you're walking out of there. Your exclusive WBEN seven weather forecast: clouds will increase, just a slight chance for a late day shower. Temperatures in the low 70s this afternoon. Tonight, rain is likely, especially after midnight. Overnight lows will be in the mid 50s, near 60 on Saturday with rain showers off and on. Upper 60s with sunshine on Sunday. With your exclusive WBEN seven weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Kowski. We're talking about changing bell times for Buffalo schools. Sam Radford is with us from We the Parents. There was a unanimous vote Wednesday night by the Buffalo School Board to adjust bell times due to the transportation crisis and bus driver shortage. Sam, when this was first proposed, before it was tweaked, it drew lots of backlash from both teachers and parents. Teachers agreed to it in their new contract. Where do parents stand now? Well, good morning, Susan Ryan. Um, yeah, so let's be clear. When it first was proposed, it drew black backs from a small group of parents. Uh, remember, there were about 3,000 parents who were not affected by the bus driver shortage, and there are about 29,000 parents whose children catch the bus who were affected by it. Um, from that group of 3,000, a lot of them uh, did not want the three-bell schedule because obviously uh, the current status quo benefited them. Uh, so it was the right decision. Um, by the by, the superintendent to propose three bell sets on schedule, and it was the right decision by the board of education to pass it. And I might say, uh, significant they passed it unanimously. So, parents of the children who now can have a full instructional day, uh, they don't have to spend you know sixty to ninety minutes on a bus. Um, they don't have to miss after school. Uh, for those parents, you know, this is really really important. Is this bittersweet at all for you? And I'm wondering because uh, it's something you've pushed for, having this three-bell system, a way to alleviate uh, some of the busing issues that have happened in the city. At the same time, this won't happen until the beginning of next school year, where, Sam, I have to imagine, you would have hoped that the busing issues themselves could have been resolved instead of just uh, kind of uh, changing some of the start times to mask it up. Great question, Brian. I'm, I'm glad you can appreciate that because the truth of the matter is that we have a whole group of children who had already fell behind because of the pandemic, who for the, well, not just this year, the last year as well, um, did not have enough bus drivers and consequently uh, they didn't get to school every day on time. Um, you know, about 13,000 of them had to end their school day early every day, while other kids, their peers who were getting dropped off or who walked to school, stayed in class and got a full day of instruction. Uh, they couldn't go to, they couldn't participate in, in modified sports. Uh, they couldn't participate in field trips. Uh, so it was, it was, it, it is bittersweet. It is, you know, we're happy that it happened, but we also feel like there was a harm done to kids for the last two and a half years who couldn't do these things where they fall further behind and we're hoping that there's something done to make them whole and that we do something um, proactively to uh, get those resources that was allocated to make sure kids caught up after the pandemic, to make sure there's some kind of waiver um, to allow us to spend additional resources to get those kids catched up going forward. Sam, does all of this bring back the debate over whether kids should be going to neighborhood schools in Buffalo rather than the current situation? Uh, when I talked well. yesterday to um, Larry Scott, school board member, he said the average over the past year in Buffalo schools, the average ride time for Buffalo kids is 40 minutes. But with the bell system, the new bell system, it would be cut in half to about 20. 
Yeah, we, first of all, y'all right on point this morning. That's exactly the really underlying issue. We spend $60 million a year to bus kids around the city of Buffalo, um, in, in my opinion, opinion very unnecessarily. Um, you know, we uh, are busing kids from neighborhoods um, where they live at. We bus them from, you know, where their ch- their parents will have, you know, easier access to the school. Uh, the truth of the matter is Buffalo is the third, fourth city in the country. I mean, you know, to put parents um, in a situation where in order to be active with their school, um, to be active with, you know, you know parent-teachers conferences and being part of parent organizations and being able to see their children um, perform in school, they have to catch a bus, two and three buses across town most cases. And they, most of their kids go to different schools in some cases. And so, yeah, I think the real conversation that we have to be having after we get past this, you know, is uh, do we even need to be busting kids at all? Is it better for kids to uh, just, we, we wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have been busting kids for the last two and a half years, this group of kids wouldn't have fell further by, behind. They would have been able to be in the class, their parents walking them to and from school, you know, hair start don't have buses, you know, and that's for um, low income families and they get their kids to and from school fine. So I think that's something we surely got to consider. Hey, is that, a pipe dream, though. I mean, I feel like that's uh, something we've been talking about with you, with uh, other people for a decade or more. Well, I, I, you know, it, it, before this year, I might have agreed with you, but because of the work of organizations like the Buffalo Urban Think Tank, the Better Together Coalition, the Buffalo Equity Task Force, you know, a lot of people, Education Equity Task Force, at Buffalo Education Equity Task Force, a lot of people came together and really advocated for this three-bill schedule, and we got a, a vote from the county council, a vote from the county legislature. We got, you know, support, you know, from the Congress, our congressman. So we really got a lot of support around us. And so our goal is to keep that coalition together uh, and ask those folks to come together. Let's just have, first of all, let's just have an honest discussion. When we, we originally made the decision to do busing, it was to desegregate the schools. Well, we're not desegregating the schools anymore. So what, why are we busing? And I do think, you know, we, 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 we bring a large coalition together. Um, we have the discussion, and hopefully reasonable buyers will conclude that, you know, we're past the point where this has been effective and we need to do something in the interest of children. Community meetings have to be held by June 1st for this plan to be in effect for the start of the next school year. Do you see any hiccups with this new bell schedule? Well, no, that's not that's not totally true. So the community meetings, we we thought that was true too. We we went to the transportation committee meeting and they reiterated it at the board meeting yesterday. The three bell schedule is in effect. Uh, that was signed off in the contract, and so the the community meetings are just informational. They are just to let the parents, you know, because obviously school start time is changing. Is also to give teachers who just creates a hardship for an opportunity to transfer if they need to, to transfer. Um, but it's not a question about whether we're going to have a three bell schedule. The three bell schedule um, is a is a is a finalized decision, unanimously voted by the board. All schools are being informed this week. They're going to have community um, meetings over the next two weeks. And on June 1st, you know, that's just the date that the teachers, you know, can start, you know, transferring and do that kind of thing. Um, but it's not it's not a possibility that um, we're not going to have a three bell schedule. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award winning WBEN Newsroom.